Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode 151. We're going to keep going with the uh, preseason game uh, conversation. Got to see the games this last weekend and kind of the strange year this year to have only three preseason games and now this two-week break uh, where team uh, cuts actually come out today. So at the end of this day, all the teams are going to have to cut down their rosters to 53 players. And so I found that this last week, the third week, I was a little disappointed. This third week of the preseason, they really, most of the coaches treated it like they would normally the fourth preseason and, you know, years past, meaning that they had a lot of players that weren't going to play or their starters didn't get out there. Um, it's definitely far less entertaining than it was, you know, the maybe the second week. And there are far fewer things that we could learn from a dynasty perspective. But thankfully, there were a few teams that did play their first and second team players. And some starters even actually played their first preseason game in game number three. So it kind of gives us one more final week of observations that we can make, things that we can see on the field against, you know, we'll call it live competition, like real competition, uh, before things get started for real on September 9th. And so don't have many of them here. I think I have nine, but here's nine observations that I uh, noticed from watching uh, this last weekend's preseason games. First thing I'll talk about is Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold led the team on uh, two touchdown drives. And it really looks like he's ready for what would be for him his best season of his career, I think. Uh, Darnold, I don't think, can ever really carry an NFL team, but I think that he can manage an offense when he's been given good weapons and an innovative coach. And now he has both of those things in Carolina with Joe Brady and his top three receivers, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Terrace Marshall. Uh, let alone <laughs> the best weapon in the league, we might say, Christian McCaffrey. So he's got all these great weapons around him and finally has a coach who I think is going to be able to utilize these weapons well. I think Darnold's going to have a good season because Carolina is going to prevent just a lot of problems for the defenses that they face. And Joe Brady, he's going to scheme guys open for Darnold, make it easy for him to know where to throw the ball. I think that Sam will be a pretty pretty trustworthy starter in super flex leagues. And I think, you know, a spot starter maybe in one quarterback leagues. I think he's going to have the best year of his young career. And actually now we'll have the opportunity to improve as he, as he gets more adjusted to the, the, the scheme that he's in, this new scheme, and gets more familiar with these playmakers. Um, like I spoke about last week, including Terrace Marshall, who's doing fantastic uh, this offseason. Next, we'll talk about Josh Allen. Man, Josh Allen got his first start of the preseason, and he looked fantastic. Uh, even without his top target, Stefan Diggs, out there, uh, he spread the ball around to all of his targets, including his newest weapon, Emmanuel Sanders. I just think offensive coordinator Brian Dayball uh, had, had Allen in the shotgun with three or four wide receiver sets almost every play, and Allen dinked and dunked his way down the field at will. The Packers were playing a pretty vanilla defense, so I gotta say that, but even so, we got a glimpse of what this offense can look like, and they're gonna be one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the league, making every wide receiver on their team startable in dynasty lineups. Gabriel Davis may be the odd man out, um, even though, you know, especially if Sanders plays well and stays healthy. Cole Beasley, he's going to be a very dependable floor in PPR leagues with five to six catches a game. I'm certain of that. And then, of course, the one we didn't get to see, Stefan Diggs. Uh, he's going to lead the league in targets just as he did last year. 
The Bills won't really run much, so Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, they're not going to get much action, except maybe on short-yarded situations and maybe occasionally on first down just to keep defenses honest. Um, but that's who they are. This is who they are as a team, and this is what Josh Allen and Brian Dable make them. They are pass-heavy, fun-to-watch, spread-it-out, spread-the-ball-around team. Josh Allen looked awesome. Next, we'll talk about the Texans' backfield. Speaking of awesome, this is not awesome. <laughs> the Texans' backfield is really going to be a mess uh, for the dynasty managers. Uh, they appear really committed to do this kind of three-headed monster approach, if you can call them a monster. Mark Ingram got most of the carries in this last preseason game. Uh, David Johnson had the longest run in the preseason game. And then Philip Lindsay played pretty poorly overall. And we've been told that Lindsay is the lead back. Uh, that's what, you know, as reporters, that's what the team put out in their depth chart, that Lindsay was the lead back with Ingram behind him and Johnson behind him. But it looks to me like we're going to see them all get playing time every single week, making really none of them startable in Dynasty lineups. Um, even at his age, I'm going to predict that Ingram will score the most fantasy points because I believe that he'll be used as their goal line back. But that's really not saying much, though, because Houston will be one of the worst and the lowest scoring offenses in the league. Uh, I recently picked up Ingram off the waiver wire, in fact, and that's even on a really deep league. Um, I don't think that he's going to sniff my starting lineup um, until something changes significantly in their roles with more clarity. Or, you know, one of the three running backs gets injured. That's kind of the best hope from a fantasy perspective. Looks like the Texans' backfield is going to be a pretty big mess. Next is Tom Brady. Oh, man, the Buccaneers' offense, they looked unstoppable with Tom Brady uh, at the helm. Uh, Brady played his first preseason game, and he quickly sliced up the defense with various types of passes, all kinds of passes all over the field to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. Uh, Brady and the offense didn't start clicking until the back half of last season last year, but they're going to hit the ground running and embarrass defenses along the way this year, I think. I think Evans going to continue to be Brady's favorite red zone outside the hash type of target, or Godwin and Brown, I think they're going to move all over the field, all over the formations, all over the field, and run just a variety of routes underneath. I think each of Brady's receivers provides a really high floor week to week, especially in PPR leagues. And every week, I think that one of them, there's going to be one of them that we look to and say they just have a blow-up week and they score 25 fantasy points and help win a game for you. Uh, the Bucks are going to continue to have running back by committee, but I think that Gio Bernard will be their third down back. He's been in a lot of third down situations with them, um, even with the first team uh, during this last preseason game. And that just gives Brady even one more weapon in the passing game like he used to have in James White. Uh, man, it's amazing. But even at 44 years old, golly, he's four years younger than me, and Brady will be an automatic starter in Dynasty Leagues. Pretty funny. If you've been playing Dynasty for 20 years, you could have had him on your, on your team and starting most of the time for the last 20 years. That's insane production. Next, let's talk about Denver. Uh, Melvin Gordon and Cortland Sutton. They both played their first preseason game, and they reminded Dynasty managers that they will have a fantasy impact this year, and in Sutton's case, you know, for the years to come. Uh, Gordon averaged seven yards per carry, and he showed that Steve, he still really has a lot of burst and tackle-breaking strength. Uh, he played with the first few series with the first team, uh, but that was enough just to show that he has Dynasty value still, and he's not going to give away the job to Javante Williams that easily. And then the reports of Sutton's lingering effects from his offseason surgery, they may have been overrated because he played with the first team on offense and he did really well. He played into the second quarter and ended his day with a touchdown pass from new starting quarterback, as they announced, Teddy Bridgewater. It's really great to see both of these players healthy, back on the field and playing well. I think they're going to be ready for game number one and they will be in the starting lineup for Denver. Uh, Melvin Gordon and Cortland Sutton starting 
the season uh, with the first team. Next one's the sad one to talk about. I'll talk about Gus Edwards, but I have to talk about him because we have to talk about J.K. Dobbins. It was terrible, just terrible to see J.K. Dobbins tear his ACL. I think season-ending injuries are the worst for the players, naturally, and they really are the worst for dynasty managers. Um, unfortunately, someone has to benefit this year, if not in the years to come, and that someone is Gus Edwards. Um, I already have Edwards ranked higher than most dynasty analysts, and now his dynasty value gets even a slight bump up that his value for this season, not just dynasty perspective, but value for this season, rises significantly. Edwards was actually one of the top players that I tried to trade for this offseason. I was only able to acquire him in one league, but in this league, that's the league where I'm actually weakest at running back. And so now I have, a, you know, with a starting role, I can actually compete in that league now. For for years, though, Baltimore has a, a committee backfield. I think it's something they're very committed to as far as their offensive philosophy. And I'm sure that they're going to spell Edwards with Justice Hill or Taysom Williams. Uh, but I do think that Edwards will see 15 carries a game in this very run-heavy offense. Uh, he's a real hard-nosed downfield runner that can, really can thrive in this Baltimore system, which is why they gave him an extended contract. They extended his contract this last offseason. So they know what they got, and this year is going to be through the roof. And uh, Edwards you know, has a chance, if he plays really well, that he could actually prove to be a player that, that they need to you know, even compete against, uh, or ahead of, rather, J.K. Dobbins. Um, I know Dobbins is way higher uh, recruit and talent, but you never know what's going to happen with these ACLs, and they've said there's possibility that there was an MCL or something else in there as well. And so Gus Edwards has a real big opportunity right here. Next player I'll talk about is Sterling Shepard. Uh, Shepard was one of my most targeted, it was the, the most targeted player by Daniel Jones and the Giants in this final preseason game. And when healthy, uh, that's been his case for the last couple of years. Shepard averaged 7.5 targets and 5.5 receptions per game last year. And that's really enough to provide a very safe floor on rosters that are, you know, in really deep leagues. I traded for Shepard in several deep leagues near the end of last season. And I was really disappointed this offseason when the Giants signed Kenny Galladay during free agency because I thought he would be instantly become Jones' top target. Well, Galladay, like Shepard, is often injured, and he's injured right now, which is why Shepard is the player that Jones had eyes for during the game this weekend. Uh, even when Kevin, Kenny Galladay comes back, uh, Shepard should still see the ball a lot because he's really going to get the underneath work while Galladay's going to be used much more outside the hashes and on deep balls. I think Dynasty managers soured on Shepard just because he never really delivered the, the value of the first-round pick that he was in rookie drafts. Um, he stayed with the Giants, though, and he signed a second contract with the Giants. Um, I think that he provided depth, can provide a lot of depth to our dynasty rosters. Jones passing, admittedly, was very erratic in this preseason game, and it has been throughout his career. And if he could just improve a little bit, if he could just improve a little bit, um, I would be really happy, to, really happy to keep Shepard on all the teams where I have him. Next player is Raheem Mostert. Uh, Mostert saw his first preseason action in Game 3. And he reminded everyone what a perfect fit he is for this offense. He averaged 7.6 yards per carry on his seven carries and had a long run of 17 yards. So just burst after burst after burst, first down after first down after first down on his seven carries. Yeah, he's just perfect fit for the Shanahan system. I think dynasty managers have dropped Mostert's value too far after the 49ers drafted Trey Sermon. Uh, Sermon will not jump Mostert in the starting lineup, uh, but they can be a one-two punch together. With Mostert, I believe, getting most of the touches until the 49ers have secured a win in a game. So if the Niners get up pretty big in a game, I think then you'll see those will be the games when, when Sermon has more carries than Mostert. And, of course, if he gets injured, then he will. 
But if they're both healthy, I think Mostert's going to get most of the carries as long as the game that they're playing in that time is competitive. Uh, Mostert is seven years older, so we should rank Sermon ahead of him in Dynasty rankings, but I actually have them ranked much closer than other other analysts. I only have them 10 spots apart, uh, having Sermon at ranked number 23 and Mostert all the way up at 33, most, much higher than most people, I would believe. Last player that we'll talk about is Ramondre Stevenson. So this is the week. This week, Sony Michelle was traded to the Los Angeles Rams, and Stevenson scored yet another preseason touchdown. Uh, the Patriots like what they see in Stevenson, and it seems like they've shown us really clearly they're content on running him behind Damian Harris, and James White maintains his passing role. Uh, Stevenson is the player that honestly has moved up my rookie rankings the most as I watch the preseason games. I think their willingness to trade Michelle moves him up even more. Um, I have Damian Harris rostered in probably half of my dynasty leagues, and I was really anticipating this being the breakout season for him. Uh, Stevenson puts a bit of a wet blanket on that hope. Um, by preseason snap counts, it's very clear that Harris is the first-team running back. But if Stevenson uh, makes some big plays early in the season when he spells uh, Harris uh, and he does it against first-team defenses, it's going to be a lot harder for the Patriots to not give him more playing time. Um, all of Stevenson's preseason work has been against the backups to the backups, so you got to weigh that and, and make the, that be part of your factor. Uh, so let's wait to see what he can do when he has some rushes, some carries, some attempts against first-team defenses in real NFL games before we move him up too high in our dynasty rankings. Those are some of the guys that stood out to me. Sorry it wasn't more. It was a less than exciting preseason week three because so many people and so many teams treated it like they typically do in preseason game number four, back when we used to have those. So now we're in this little lingering period. I think what I'm going to do next week with the podcast is talk a little bit about some things that you should be doing as you're sharpening your lineups. Um, I know we're going to have our cut days coming up, just as the NFL has their cut day today. I know we're going to be surprised later today with some guys that get cut, and we're going to say, oh my goodness, couldn't didn't believe that was going to happen. Like Rashad Perriman just getting cut early. <laughs> they didn't even wait till, um, till Tuesday to, to cut him. They cut him on a Monday. I'm recording here on a Monday afternoon. Well, it's going to be fun. Um, stay in touch. We'd love to hear what's your, what you're doing in your leagues and which players you stood out to you during the preseason games. Enjoy this week off of football, but take in all the news and do its best. Be a dynasty freak. Draft and scout and manage all of your teams 365 days a year. That's a wrap this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. I'm much better on email than I am on Twitter. I'd be honored, of course, if you take time to rate and review the podcast for me. Um, that would mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.